Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Well, hello there and good morning, faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 1 of the P40 Ministries podcast. And I am your host, Jen, here today. And we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. We are finally in Exodus. And also, before I begin, I wonder if you guys noticed my new intro. (laughs) It took me some time to figure out what I wanted to do. Now, the music that I put in there is not mine. I did promise you guys some music of my own a long time ago, but I am just not finding the time to do it. So I decided to change things up a little bit, and I purchased a track from uh, an online thing, and uh, it's it's been pretty great. I think it's a cool track, and hopefully uh, you guys enjoy it as well. But let's go ahead and read Exodus 1, verses 1 through 14. As always, I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible this morning. Now these are the names of the sons of Israel, who came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the souls who came out of Jacob's body were seventy souls, and Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph died, as did all of his brothers, and all that generation. The children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it happen that when any war breaks out, they also join themselves to our enemies and fight against us and escape out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. They built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out. They started to dread the children of Israel. The Egyptians ruthlessly made the children of Israel serve. And they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick and in all kinds of service in the field, all their service in which they ruthlessly made them serve. Wow, I am a little tongue tied today. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. But anyway, starting here in verse one, it says that now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came into Egypt. So if we are actually looking at the Hebrew word for the word now, which is the first word of that sentence, now these are the names, it actually starts out with the word and in Hebrew. So Exodus was a complete continuation of Genesis. So it basically starts out in verse 1, and these are the names of the sons of Israel who came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. So like I said, Exodus was a continuation of Genesis. They were meant to be read side by side. Once again, it lists all the names of the sons of Jacob or the sons of Israel. And then it says here that Joseph was in Egypt already. 
when Jacob and his sons and his grandsons and great-grandsons and whoever else was with him traveled into Egypt to live there. So we already know all that because of Genesis. And it says here that Joseph died, as did all of his brothers and all of that generation. Basically, Moses, the author of Exodus and Genesis, is giving us a recap of everything that had happened at the end of Genesis. So he says, Joseph died, as did all of his brothers and that generation. But the children of Israel, they were actually super duper prolific. They continued to have more and more and more kids as the generations passed. And it says in the Bible that they increased abundantly, they multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So most people say that by the time the Jewish people left Egypt, there was, I think, over 2 million people. 2 million Jewish people at that time. So this was a this was huge, you know, 2 million people. That's a lot of people, especially for back then. You know, right now on earth we have almost 8 billion people, I think now. 2 million people in one country back then would have been absurd. That's a huge army of people. And it says here that the Israelites continued to grow in numbers and in might. So then, now in verse 8, it says here that there was a new pharaoh. And I want you guys to note this. It says he didn't know Joseph. So he probably either didn't care about Joseph's story or truly just didn't know him in general. So probably, I'm going to guess that the Pharaoh that was with Joseph at the time when Joseph was one of the rulers, I'm guessing that if he had any kids, his kids would have known Joseph, possibly even his grand grandkids would have known Joseph. And I'm sure that Pharaoh's grandkids probably would have told their kids about Joseph, assuming that the pharaohs are going down a line in generations, which may or may not have happened. But one way or the other, this probably took quite a while before this pharaoh came into power in Egypt, the one who didn't know Joseph. It was probably several generations later. So most people don't actually know how long the Israelites were forced into slavery, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute. But a lot of people speculate that it's anywhere from, I think, 150 years all the way to over 200 years. So this would have been about half the time that the people were in Egypt because the Israelites were in Egypt for about 400 years before they were rescued. So in verse 9, it says that this king disliked the Israelites a lot, couldn't stand them. So he brings this council of people together and he's like, look, all of these Israelites here, they're mightier and they're getting to be more than we are. They're no longer a minority here in Egypt. They're starting to become mightier than we are. And this is kind of scary. We don't like these people. And so he says, let's do something to them. Let's make sure that they are put in their place so that if we go to war against anybody, they won't side with those people and destroy us. Because if that happens, we're pretty much all dead. And I think I was reading somewhere that the Egyptians at the time, at this point in time, were actually fearing war with the, I think it was the Hittites, is what I read. So if they're fearing war, and they're also scared of these Israelites in their country, then of course they're going to be scared that the Israelites are going to team up with the Hittites and try to destroy them. But probably the Israelites wouldn't have done that, I, d I don't think. But basically, this Egyptian king is off of his rocker and decides that he wants to just basically put these Israelites in their place, in a sense, wants to make them fear him. And so it says that he decided to put these taskmasters over them. 
So basically masters that had a big old whip and would whip these Israelites while doing hard labor. And it says that this Pharaoh made these poor Israelites build all of these cities for Pharaoh. It says that he, they built these cities called Pithom and Ramses, Ramesses. And it says that they afflicted them greatly. And there's actually a drawing that I looked up in one of the cities in, um, in Egypt that is still there to this day. And it actually shows a picture of this. This is an ancient drawing from this time period that shows Egyptian taskmasters basically whipping these Israelite peoples while they're making bricks and stuff like that. So this definitely happened. There's history of this and it's on the walls of Egyptian tombs and stuff like that. So it says that um, basically these Israelites were stuck doing all these horrible tasks and were building all of these cities and all of these monuments and who knows what else. And so it says that the Egyptians afflicted them, meaning that they greatly persecuted them. But the funny thing is, it says in verse uh, 12 here, that the more the Egyptians afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out. (laughs) So everything that they're doing is not working. Because firstly, God had a plan for the Israelites. He had a plan to take them out of Egypt and put them into their own country. Now, one thing I mentioned a while back when we were in Genesis, I mentioned that ancient Egyptians were actually notoriously racist. They believed strongly that they were superior pretty much to every other race on earth. So the Hebrews being in their country they wouldn't have liked that very much. And also they wouldn't have intermarried with them. Now say that Jacob and his family had stayed in the land of Canaan during this famine and somehow survived. It's very likely that Jacob's sons and Jacob's grandsons would have eventually intermarried with all the Canaanite peoples. We already saw that happening. Judah did. Judah married a Canaanite woman and his, uh, he gave his sons a Canaanite woman as well who happened to be Tamar. So we saw this happening already. The Canaanite peoples were intermarrying with the Jewish peoples or the Hebrews. So God did not want that to happen because otherwise they wouldn't have become their own entity in a sense. They wouldn't have been a country. They needed to not intermarry with the people around them, but become their own people. And the best way to do that, obviously, was to intermarry within the families. And there was no law against this at the time. I mean, if if you recall some of the earlier episodes, Genesis, the beginning of it was God creating the earth. I mean, the earth was really, really young. So there weren't a lot of people on the earth at this time. So it was okay for people to intermarry in their families and stuff like that. There was no other way for them to actually uh, survive. Honestly, they had, to, they had to do that. So there was no law against that. And God will establish a law for that in the coming chapters. But for now, it is okay for the Israelites to intermarry with their cousins. So that is exactly what they do. They're intermarrying in their families because the Egyptians basically wanted nothing to do with them. In fact, it was an abomination for Egyptians to even sit at the same table with Hebrews to eat with them. This is how much the Egyptians disliked the Hebrews. So the Hebrews were not going to intermarry with the Egyptians. And that was part of God's plan. As as 
funny as that is, you know, we, we never think about stuff like that, but God had everything planned out from the very beginning of how to create the nation of Israel. So it says here now, going back to this chapter, it says that the Egyptians ruthlessly made the children of Israel serve and uh, they actually started to dread them. They started to dread the Hebrews because they were prolific. They were more spread out. They were spreading out even more in their country the more they hurt them and afflicted them. And it says that the Egyptians hated this so much that they just went hardcore on the Hebrews. And it says that they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick and in all kinds of services in the fields and everything like that. So they put these these Israelites to work. And this was hard, hard work. This was not easy work. This was slave labor. Probably didn't get a lot of sleep, nothing like that. No amenities whatsoever. They were slaves. They were slaves. And yet, you know, this was the exact opposite of what this king should have been doing. This king should have been trying to befriend the Israelites because they were a mighty nation. (laughs) But that's not what ended up happening. And so the Israelites continued to spread out more and more and more, have more and more babies as part of God's plan, even though they were forced to be slaves and forced to serve. So we will talk more about this chapter on Monday. So join me then at 6 a.m. But thank you guys for tuning in to season two of the P40 Ministries podcast. Make sure to like and share the episode on your social media platforms. Let everybody know that P40 Ministries is now in its second season, which is very, very exciting. But faithful listeners, don't forget that I have a Bible study that will be coming out in the next couple days. I am almost completely done formatting it. I'm just putting the finishing touches on everything. Then after that, it will be up on Amazon Prime. I'm hoping by the end of next week so that you guys can take a look at that, purchase it if you want to, purchase it uh, to do with your family or by yourself or even with a group at your church. So stay tuned for that for sure. But friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful weekend. Happy listening and God bless.